Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode six. Booyah! Welcome back to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Thank you for joining us again. Um, in episode six, we invite Coach Dan Cusen back, and Dan's going to talk to us about the importance of visualization and affirmation and really the mental side of running. A lot of people, you know, when, when you mention the word running, people think of the physical side of running, the activity of, you know, getting out and going for a run, long run, and doing any kind of workout, but um, Dan talks about how important it is to be mentally prepared going into a race and even on your training runs and during your next training cycle. I think you'll really enjoy um, his concepts and discussion around visualization. We also do another Random Runner's World, and I'm 100% convinced that the listeners of the RunFit365 podcast will no longer believe that these things are random anymore. <laughs> Because Dan's been doing such a great job of um, talking about the topics that we pull out of these articles. And this, this time we talk about stress and how running can help manage stress. And um, I, I think you'll really love that dialogue and discussion. So um, let's just jump right into the interview with Coach Dan Cusen and um, talk about visualization. Thank you again. Hey, welcome back, Dan, to the RunFit365 podcast. Uh, I, I think we got ourselves on the hook um, rolling into episode six here. During our last podcast, we were talking a little bit about visualization. And I think during that podcast, we both kind of paused and said, wow, we haven't really done kind of much research on that. Um, we've just been practicing some of these techniques. So I know one of your takeaways from the last podcast was to um, do some research, and I know you have some reference books, and I know you've talked to me to, uh, about this before, so it's not like it's a new topic, but... Um, uh, relatively. <laughs> do some homework. Yeah, I felt like you were going to do some homework on that. So um, just start out by telling us what you learned. Yeah, so uh, like I think we referenced last time, probably the best book I've found on the mental side of training is a book by Bo uh, Bobby McGee. It's called Magical Running. And what I had to do to do this homework, again, I'll put it out there. I am not an expert on this. But I thought I would kind of flip through that and just pull out some key points and summarize a little bit here. Um, I would say, first of all, if you are interested in learning about the mental side of running or training of any sport, it's definitely a book you should have uh, buy it. I, it's got way more than I'll ever be able to tell you in a podcast. Um, and it's extremely comprehensive. It talks about, you know, targets and goals and, and the differences between the two. Um, running, you know, creating yourself a money, uh, running mission, um, clearing your mind, relaxing. Lots of examples, lots of exercises you can do to kind of make it your own. And it actually um, comes with an assessment that you can do it yourself to kind of see where you're at. But the two things that I thought might be um, probably the easiest for people to 
take and maybe do something with our visualization, like we talked about last time a little bit, and affirmations, which I saw, I can't remember where I saw it, something about affirmations and how powerful they are. So I, I took some notes about that as well and maybe talk to that a little bit. So starting with visualization, I think most people kind of have an idea what that is. Really, and again, all this information is from Bobby's book. I hope I'm not uh, quoting it incorrectly, but it's essentially where you see yourself doing something and see yourself doing something in a positive way if you're practicing it correctly. I mean, I think that a lot of us sabotage our race by visualizing in a negative way. So, for example, um, probably my biggest problem in doing a triathlon is riding up a hill. Uh, and probably my very first or, or for one or two races, I rode up a hill and suffered the rest of the race because I wasn't prepared. And I can see myself doing that uh, over and over and over. So I'm essentially visualizing uh, doing something I shouldn't be doing uh, or, or visualizing doing something I um, didn't do well. And so that's sort of ingrained. And so whenever I get to a hill now, no matter how I've trained, I've essentially burned that in my mind. I'm not going to do well on the hill. So if you take that and make it a positive thing, then it can actually help improve that situation. So some of the tips about how to do that, um, Bobby's suggestion is visualize past tense. So it's something that you've already achieved. Um, so, so what's that, does, what's that mean, Dan? Like, so, um, say I'm running or getting ready to run the Chicago marathon. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it as simple as put yourself at the starting line before the race in the corral and just visualize a positive outcome of the race. Is it really that simple? You know, I think it's the outcome is, is one thing, and, and this is where targets and goals get really interesting. I really I can't speak to it well enough, but there's the outcome, which is one thing, but really if you're visualizing, visualize yourself in different places within the race. So visualize yourself getting there and, and how you're going to get organized and what you're going to do in the corral. Um, one of the examples I thought of earlier is we talked about last week, one of the ways that, uh, one of the things that I suffer with is I go out there way too fast. Yeah. So that first mile is kind of rough. So visualize yourself taking your time through that first mile and, and not trying to go around people. Um, visualize yourself in the middle of the race where you hit the wall typically and, um, you know, what, how you would compensate for that or, or visualize, um, is it, uh, Boston that has the big hill? Yes. Uh, visualize yourself, what you're going to do with the hill, you know, and, and, in that part of the race and how you're going to visualize yourself running up that hill, like it's nothing. And so it's not just visualizing the race and the outcome of the race. It's visualizing what you'll be doing at, at every step of the way. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So see how you'll accomplish it. And um, again, it's, it's something that you've already done and essentially burns it into your mind. So I get the example of going slow in the first mile. Um, I had another example. I just can't think of it. But practice it during your training as well because um, 
you know, there's nothing like you, you have your muscle memory. You also have that sort of physical, um, that the mental, uh, mental side when you're doing your training can actually kind of help that uh, for your race day as well. And then one of the things you said is combine, we're about to talk about affirmations, but com combine visualization with affirmations. And his suggestion is to do it in second person. So, uh, you know, if you see yourself running up a hill easily and then you say to yourself at the same time, you will run up or you will run well up hills, you're, you're reinforcing in two different ways. So you have the visualization where you actually see yourself doing it and then the affirmation that, yes, I am good at running hills. Yes, I am uh, a good – I make good decisions in the first mile of a race. Um, so we'll, we'll go over affirmations in just a second, but – any other thoughts on visualization from your perspective, Travis? No, I just think, you know, when I train, and um, I've talked to Alyssa about this this podcast in particular, um, and one of the things that, you know, whether I called it visualization at the time, but, um, you know, seeing, you know, the, the big clock at the end of the race and kind of getting that feeling and um, repeating that almost every training run um, and doing your best, you know, when you're just out there on an easy run, kind of going through, it takes no, you know, it's no effort, you know, on the part of your brain just to easily think about, you know, how I'm going to be feeling, what, you know, I even sometimes think about different environmental factors at the time, too, because um, the, the things that we can't control as athletes is the weather, so even walking through, well, what happens if it's raining? And, and just getting yourself mentally prepared for that. Um, I know it seems simple, but those things, I think, have helped um, us prepare for races in the future. Uh, so I, I think that the more that you can do that, like you mentioned on a training run or you know, before you're going to bed, and just kind of visualize yourself um, you know, lining up, taking it easy in the first mile, and the thing now, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Dan, is it's not very hard to visualize actual race courses because one of the first things you see at a lot of the large races and even some of the smaller races are doing this now is technology's allowed us to kind of get a first-person view of the race course. And, yeah. you know, th this type of technology wasn't out there like 10 years ago. So now it's it's very simple for us to sit behind our computers and just kind of see the actual course and say, okay, I can see myself at mile marker you know 13. I can see myself at mile marker 10 and, and just really put yourself in the race like we've never really been able to do before. Um, yeah. And so I, I think you're exactly right as practicing. It's, it's taking advantage of the technology and, and being able to prepare yourself uh, ahead of time if you can. It, but also, um, I, I think it was uh, either in the book or I think I, I listened to a few podcasts of, of Bobby McGee about this topic. I think um, one of the athletes had sort of envisioned, uh, did some visualization around the perfect race day yeah. and what would happen to make that perfect race day. And I think it was a, um, a female athlete. I think she, she thought, you know, it's going to be blue skies. It's going to be great. And you have to have the ability to be flexible too, because it happened to be a, a gloomy day. And so 
that sort of thing could throw you off if you don't have sort of an alternative plan. So it wouldn't be um, a bad thing, I don't think, necessarily to sort of visualize in, in different ways. And, you know, visualize yourself going up the hill really, really easily. And then visualize yourself having trouble in the middle of the hill and, and how you overcame that. You know, that you, you know, started cramp up and then you started, oh, no, I'm getting through this. And you ran up the hill. I think it, it serves a good purpose to think of what those alternatives could be because you don't really know what's going to happen throughout the race. Yeah, that's good because I was just going to mention that. Even having, um, you know, thinking through what you might do, and I know this might sound silly, is, you know, what happens if you have like a wardrobe malfunction, like a shoe comes untied um, or you start chafing? What happens if you don't go through those scenarios prior to a race and something happens to you mentally that can ruin a race because, you know, your training, your preparation hasn't set you up for what happens if I have to make a bathroom break or if I'm running in a big pack of people. Um, and if you just haven't ran through those scenarios, you don't want to be surprised, you know, on race day uh, by any of this stuff. So spending a little bit of time. Um, you know, even visualizing what, you know, if I have to make a last minute bathroom break, how do I recover from that? Am I going to give myself, you know, 15 to 20 seconds to accept the fact that that's okay and just, you know, salvage the rest of your race? Having, you know, not doing that beforehand could be catastrophic in the race if you haven't visually and and mentally prepared for that. I mean, this sounds really stupid, but you, you make a good point about the restroom. Sometimes that's something you just don't know when to plan for. But what you can plan for is, you know, if you go in the bathroom and you're sitting down or whatever, sometimes standing back up is not the easiest thing to do. So visualize yourself getting up and going again. I mean, that's sometimes that's those are the things that are hardest to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's kind of visualization and, and kind of good segue into affirmations was combining the two. And an affirmation is um, – it could be writing it, but it could also be saying it, um, saying something uh, positively about what you're doing. So um, he, he says, Bobby says, they become sort of self-fulfilled prophecies. If you say it over and over and over, it, it becomes what happens. And I, I saw a documentary, um, not specific to this, but uh, same sort of thing. Um, a doctor in this documentary prescribed Uh, on a prescription pad saying something in the mirror and after repetitive uh, you know times doing this it actually becomes true it actually helps you um, process through that and and the thing Bobby says is it doesn't you don't have to say and actually believe that of it you know that it's actually gonna be true but if you just go through the motions of saying these affirmations uh, it actually does make an impact Excuse me. So um, he says to create them for all aspects of running. And so like just like visualization where you, you know, you visualize yourself the first mile, you visualize yourself going up a hill, um, you visualize yourself and you can see the, the finish line, but it's still quite some time until you get there. Uh, do the same thing with affirmations. Um, for example, um, you know, if, if you have trouble getting up early in the morning to run like I do, um, you could create yourself an affirmation. I love running in the morning. I feel so accomplished when I'm done with this sort of a thing. I'm going to try that tomorrow. 
<laughs> yeah, I I really do need to try that. That's that's one that I struggle with, and I I hear you talk about you know you come into work or whatever, and, and you've been uh, running ten miles, and it's seven a.m. and I'm like, oh man, I I'll say that for Saturday at noon. <laughs> I really wish I could do that, but right. um, you know those are the, those are the types of things that if you apply it correctly, it can motivate you to to train. And it can and get you through a race really pretty well. Um, some other examples are, you know, saying these things before a hard workout. You know, I'm really good at running fast, and maybe you're not a, a you know, maybe that's not your strong suit, running a, a fast workout. But the point is, if you say these things and visualize yourself doing these things well, it ends up being the case. You're 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 playing that that mental game of, you know, making things better. Um, so I think for all these things to work, one, go, go read the book or, or a book about the mental side, because it really is a game changer. You look at the people that, that finished the, the race first, or even the top, uh, pack of the race or, or go through the Olympics and that sort of thing and do really well. They have nailed this stuff and they have planned it out. Uh, and they practice it just like you would practice the physical side of running. Right. And uh, the the thing about it, though, is you have to be very self-aware. So, like, if you're in the middle of a marathon and you're hitting the wall, um, you might not be very aware that you're sabotaging yourself. And so not only do you have to plan this stuff and practice it, but you have to realize that you are in need of saying these affirmations. So you're running up the hill in Boston and you're really fried and, and you're just not thinking you're not, you don't realize that you're having a hard time. Um, if you don't realize you're having a hard time, you don't remember to say the affirmation. So, you know, if you go out for your long run, you're doing a, I don't know, a 15 mile run, let's say, and you're starting to hit the wall. That's when you should start practicing. Oh, I need to say my affirmations so that when it comes to race day, it's just a natural tendency for you to say, oh, I know I'm struggling and, you know, start saying those things uh, and just apply it when you need it sort of a thing. I don't know how this fits with with affirmation, Dan. This may be more on the visualization side. Um, but, but one of the things that I think every runner can relate to is kind of the nerves before a race, you know, like the day before. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing, and maybe you can share some tips with us too, um, I, I think the affirmation thing is huge, but one of the things that um, I've heard and I've tried in the past that's really helped kind of you know ease the nerves a little bit is just doing some self-reflection back on kind of all of the hard work that you've done building up to that and knowing that you're as prepared as you possibly can, maybe even picking out one of your you know key workouts leading up to the race or maybe a you know a pre-race race something that you um, did building up to that event just to reassure yourself that you know you put in the time you put in the effort now it's almost time to you know celebrate the next morning with this race um, so what are your thoughts on kind of you know just doing some of that kind of recollection um, I know we're, we've kind of moved it up to like you know a day before the race now yeah, I, I absolutely think that's and not you don't have to wait till the last day, you know, before the race. Look at think about the, about those things as you're training too. Uh, so you know, 
let's say it is the day before the race and you're mentally preparing, you've done your visualization, you've done your affirmations, maybe you need to visualize, you know, some of the runs that you had during your training or, or perhaps during a past race where you've done your best, you know, you've done a really good job. How did that feel? What contributed to that? Um, what, um, what made it better? What made it worse? Uh, try not to sabotage it and, and think in the wrong way. And, um, you know, may, maybe it's as easy as thinking about the good times you had, uh, for the, previous race and training and what are the things you struggled with to sort of work through that mentally so you can, you know, be prepared the next day. Yeah. And I even think of race day and this is one of the, you know, the most probably important things that our college coach uh, told us before um, it was one of our kind of regional meets and we woke up the next day and we, you know, at the time we, we had been logging, you know, 80, 90, even some hundred mile weeks building up to this huge re regional meet. And it was in Michigan and the, the, we woke up the next day and it was like 32 degrees and it was snowing and <laughs> you could just tell the energy on the bus to the course was just not there. And, and I'll remember once we landed at the course or, you know, parked at the course, the coach said, you know, you've got a choice when you leave this bus that you're going to have a positive race. And he said something to me that still sticks to me today. It's like everyone is racing in the same environment, the same elements. And he said, focus on what you can control. Focus on your preparation up to this point. Um, you know, the environmental factors are out of our control. Go execute your race. And so much, you, you know, you hear people at these starting lines of these big races that, oh, it's windy or I didn't anticipate this rain or, and, and the bottom line is that you don't want to waste your mental energy on those types of factors that um, you just can't control. So really focus in on, um, you, you know, your preparation and executing your race plan. So that, that to me, um, it, it just resonated to me. I, I I'll never forget it, and till this day, you know, that's one of my things. It's just like no matter what happens on the race morning, we're all going through the same types of environmental conditions. You know, you bring up a good point. It's like 30 degrees outside right now, and, you know, if you go out on a bus and you walk off the bus and it's snowing, you've got one or two options. You can embrace it and just say to yourself, this is awesome. I'm going to take this on. This is a great challenge. Or you can say, oh, man, this is going to be a bad run. This is going to yeah. be a bad race. Um, a lot of times the, the race is won before it's begun. You know, you see people at the starting line, and uh, there's some somebody up front just, like, all rearing to go, and they're, like, excited that there's ice on the ground. And, you know, they're, they're, they're taking it as a challenge, and they're going to defeat it. And then there's a person that sees that that's already in, sort of intimidated by the snow and, oh, how is this going to affect my race? And they see the person that's all excited about it, and they think, well, this, this is over. They're going to win because, you know, they've already prepared. And, and probably you take two athletes that have physically prepared the same. The one that is mentally ready is probably going to win the race, and a lot of times it happens before the, the gun goes off. So I think it's really important to challenge yourself to um, instead of, you know, I'm I'm pretty natural half-glass empty kind of guy, but um, – Make make the best of what you got. Make uh, lemonade out of lemons, sort of a thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, 
Thanks again, Dan. That's a great segment on visualization. What would you, uh, what would be your kind of key takeaways with this? We'll make sure that we post uh, something on the RunFit365.com blog. Um, maybe calling out Bobby McGee's book. Uh, you've talked yeah. to me about that book several times. I'm sure you're going to order it for me for Christmas or something. Um, so, so, so we can make sure that we get that out there for people to, um, if they're interested in picking that up. But um, is there any final closing remarks around visualization or affirmation? Um, only that the men- don't don't deny the mental side. I think everybody uh, is really interested in doing the physical part, uh, preparing physically. A lot of people think the mental side is kind of fluff, but I, I would call it more the icing on the cake. You know, if you've got your cake and you don't get your icing, then it doesn't taste quite as good. So I think uh, the mental game is really the differentiator. The one thing I did jot down here that um, is really probably important, especially later in a race, make sure that your, your nutrition is good because if your glucose levels are dropping, a lot of times the the mental aspect of what you're struggling with is be just simply because you don't have the right level of glucose. And so, um, I think Bobby in one of his, uh, the podcasts I listened to said <clears throat> just as, as easy as taking a gel or, or something to make sure you have the right level of glucose can already overcome the mental issues that you're having. So, you know, just prepare the best you can and, and don't deny the mental side. Nice. I think you might have just teed up episode seven too, because when you started talking about nutrition during the race, I'm like, oh. that might be a great episode. Man, <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing if we come up with a topic and I and I already know about it, but it's another thing when you give me all these homework assignments. These are these are doozies, and if you know me well, I I can't just you know on the spur of the moment just come up with a bunch of stuff. So, well, yeah, nutrition's are- a, a good one though. I really do think that's very important. Well, if it's not episode seven, we definitely need to put it in the pipeline. But um, you always deliver on these things, Dan. So um, awesome job again on visualization. Um, I think the listeners will love to hear what you have to say. And um, thanks again. So um, I'm going to pull us right back into um, one of the favorite segments of this show is the random runner's world. And I had grabbed a runner's world from... May of 2014, and it's got Shalane Flanagan, and most of the listeners will probably know who Shalane is. Um, probably, arguably, the, the most decorated female American runner ever, and, and she's on the cover, and it talks about getting fit fast, um, and it looks like there's a Boston Marathon kind of special on the cover here. So I'm just going to flip... <coughs> flip to a page here and my <laughs> I've tried to stump you in the past so I'm I'm going to give up on that I think I've jinxed myself um, and I now still I'm totally screwed up yeah I haven't successfully done that yet so I, I think I'm giving up on that dream I've been visualizing it and it's not happening <laughs> so um, so I'm on page 33 of this um, issue from May of 2014 and this is the personal best section and if you're if you're a reader of Runner's World, this is almost like an infographic. So this might be hard <laughs> to to find out some talking points here. But um, I I'm gonna make this really hard for you, Dan. <laughs> and I'm gonna just Go read I'm gonna read the title, 
and if you're familiar with this, it, it's just an infographic, and it's not really an article. There's just talking points on this thing, but um, it's called the warm-up, and it says stress less. Okay. So when when I said that, this is a runner's world. What, talk to talk to me about stress less, and I'm going to leave it there and see where you go with this. <laughs> I'm setting you up for failure. I see that. Yeah. Um, so stress less. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I when I'm not running, I stress more. So I think you can't deny the uh, physiological uh, side that produces a lot of benefits from running. So a lot of people run to reduce stress, you know, and I guess if you can't make time for training, then your stress level could be higher. So are they alluding that um, make time for training? I don't know. That's a roundabout way of thinking about it, but yeah, <laughs> actually yeah, it, it's this little section is almost all about that. The, the first uh, on the left, I was just scanning it. It says three tension taming tips. And the first one, um, it says, get going, and it says, under pressure, go run. Science shows that pushing yourself at a comfortably hard pace triggers the release of brain chemicals that make you feel blissful. And, you know, you're talking about that, and it, it, it is truly almost, you know, a drug's not the right term, but when you get your body in a habit of, um, I, I know this is true for me, you know, running five to six days a week, and then you miss a day or two, um, you know, at, at times I almost feel guilty, and then you also start feeling this, um, like something's missing, and it definitely pushes up the stress level. Um, and on the inverse of that, when you have those days, like when I'm successful at running in the morning, the rest of the day is just like a breeze because yep. uh, mentally, you know, your mindset is in a different place. And I'm sure that this article and people much smarter than me can tell you about brain chemicals and what that does. But um, th there is definitely something about about running that helps manage stress. I don't think you're too far off. I mean, you say it's not a drug, but uh, you know what do drugs do? When you and I'm not talking. I'm talking like prescription drugs, or you when you take uh, something medicinal, it it does change the you know what's happening in your body. Well, running does the same thing, um, and people can become sort of addicted to that uh, you know that feeling when um, you do run. So you're really not too far off when you say that. I think the one thing that I thought of when you were reading that, um, absolutely right, a, a hard level you get a little bit more of that. Um, but what they, I don't know that they don't point this out, but uh, again, there's no one size fits all with running. And I would not want people to go out and just run hard all the time. Um, you know, there's a, always a balance of, of types of uh, exercise that you want to do, you, you know, easy run here and then a harder run there. Don't just do a bunch of harder runs. Listen to this. <laughs> So right under that, it, it, it says three tension taming tips. Number two was like inhale, and it's talking about inhaling and exhaling and the ratios. Mm -hmm. And then the third point is go off-road. And then right under this, um, it talks about what causes you anxiety before a race. And I think some of this ties back into your visualization and affirmation piece. Listen to what, what the stats are on this. 
32% fear of having a mid-race mishap. That's what causes anxiety. 25% uh, fear of being undertrained. 21% the possibility of missing my goal time. And even, you know, sometimes you can't control your goal times even. You know, that, that's out of your control if, when you think back to the visualization piece. Um, 16% a bad night's sleep and 6% is the poor weather forecast. <laughs> that's based on 432 yeah. respondents. So, You know, I think uh, you can prepare physically, you can prepare mentally, and you have to do that. I think there's something to be said for going out there and just not expecting a specific outcome. I mean, and I think I don't want to get into and try to decipher a lot of, of magical running that the book, I think that's what it refers to though. A lot is there's, you can't really focus on the outcome because there's a lot of things that affect that. What you can focus on the actions that can produce that outcome. So all the things that you need to do and train for to get that outcome. If you say, I'm going to run a sub one thirty half marathon, well, that's, that's a great goal to have, or I think he actually talk, calls them targets. Um, but how are you going to get there? And those are the things you need to focus on. If you go to the start line and say, i got to get my sub-130, you're probably going to have a, a tough time. But if, if you set yourself up with a structured um, along the way, you know, here's what I'm going to do the first mile, here's what I'm going to do when I um, hit the wall, here's what I'm going to do. If you set yourself up from that perspective, then all you have to do is, is take it one step at a time. Instead of jumping ten, uh, a flight of stairs, you just take one stair at a time. And that way... You're not thinking about the outcome. You're thinking about the steps to get there, which should produce the outcome if, if what you've chosen is realistic. Very good. On, on the, I'm going to jump on the other side of this page here, and I'm really going to test you because um, there's a magic number here. At least the, the article quotes this. It says, the time, I'm going to ask you for a number. It says, the time and minutes that you need to exercise to produce a surge of feel-good hormones slip out for a run during your lunch break and return to your desk rejuvenated. And on top of that is kind of like an infographic of a number. Mm -hmm. so, so if you were to guess, what, what number does this article quote? You know, I'm going to start subscribing to Runner's World because I could just flip to the page. You can't. Uh, I, I'm going to say, you know, the number 20 comes to mind because everybody <laughs> says 20. Is that what they say? It's, a, it's 20, yeah. I, I was, there, there's, I there's no way people are going to believe that these are random anymore. Well, you know what? I, no I, should, I should just stop there. But what I was going to say is, um, so 20 doesn't surprise me because, you know, even the American Heart Association, all those say, oh, 20 minutes of exercise every day. Um, but I would even challenge to say if you have five minutes yeah. to where you can just get out and, and jog or run or walk or whatever – during the during your business day, um, that whether that gets you the same effect as 20 minutes, probably not, but it gives you something. Yeah. So I I would challenge it even less than that's beneficial. Yeah, I would agree. I, I know you know just you know if, if Olivia and Ryder, our two kids, want to go out for a quick jog around the block, um, you know we typically take them for like 10 minutes, and even <laughs> in that 10 minute kind of short you know mile and a half loop that we have around the neighborhood. 
um, you get some of that benefit. So um, you, I guess it just goes to show anything's better than nothing, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, Dan. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do to stump you, but I can tell you one thing for sure, that no one that listens to our podcast believes that these are random anymore. <laughs> so I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just grab like a People magazine next time and just see if <laughs> – let's check your pop culture. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I will not do well with that. Yeah. There's plenty of, plenty of opportunity for that. Awesome. Well, I, I know, Dan, you and I try to keep these podcasts to 30 minutes, and it looks like we're pushing a, a little over that now. So – um, thanks again, Dan, for a great episode, another great interview. Um, please check out the runfit365.com website. You can find um, this podcast there. You can find some of Dan's great blogs there. Um, you can find a way to connect with us. We're still um, happy to pull guests on the podcast or answer any questions that you might have on the show. Um, but, but thanks again for tuning in. And Dan, um, in our famous words, we'll, we'll close by saying uh, happy training. You got it.